0: Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown, and I'm so glad that you could join me for this podcast, where my passion in life is to help my LGBTQIA plus Christian family heal their church trauma and hopefully construct genuine faith. Before we begin, let me just tell you a little bit about me. For the last 30-plus years, I've had the joy of teaching, speaking, and performing as a comedy magician in my in-person events all over the United States. I'm also the published author of fiction and nonfiction books, and one of the greatest joys I've had in life is pastoral counseling, coaching, and mentoring hundreds and hundreds of people over the last 30-plus years. I am proud of all those things, but can I also tell you, I know what it's like to hurt, and I know what it's like to suffer deep church trauma, specifically around sexual identity, as so many of you obviously have as well. So if that's something that you can buy into and you would like to partner with me as we try to help each other in this journey thing we call life, then you're in the right place. I encourage you to grab a cup of coffee, sit at my table, and let's have a chat. One disclaimer, though, please. I am not a medical professional, nor am I a licensed therapist. So if you need either of those services, please do consult a local professional. Otherwise, let's get it started here on Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend, and welcome to this edition. We're going to jump into the Gospel of John today from the 14th chapter, verses 23 through 29. John 14, verses 23 through 29. And this is part of Jesus' Farewell Discord, and it's a really beautiful collection of Scripture here that I just want to share just a few thoughts, if you will allow me to, in this podcast. So first of all, I'm going to read the text, and then we'll jump into it, okay? Jesus answered him, "'If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words.' And the words that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things, and bring you to remembrance all things that I have told to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. that I love the Father, rise, let us go from here. So these are some final words that Jesus is sharing with his disciples. And in this section, I think that we can either talk, I think that Jesus gives his disciples, and subsequently us, two very beautiful gifts. Now think about it just a minute. If you've ever known anybody that were in their final days, perhaps it was a grandparent or um, a great-grandparent, or even a parent, or whatever the case may be, and maybe you're at the end of their life, and they know this, especially those that are, you know, lingering death, and they know that the end is coming. Sometimes they will make arrangements to give you something, the, an inheritance, so to speak. Now, yes, there is the will and all that stuff, but sometimes it might just be a word that they want to really drive into you and say, Honey, I want to leave you with this thought. I want you to remember this. This is so important. This is what I've learned over my life, and I just want to share this with you. Or maybe it's a trinket that somehow meant something to them, a piece of jewelry perhaps, and they want to give that to you specifically. And in your pre- in their presence, they want you to receive it and value that gift that they're giving to you. Those are very special moments, and I've experienced some of those myself, both personally and professionally. And, you know, it's just, it really is a beautiful thing when someone is passing from this life to the next that they will share from their heart or even from their possessions um, out of love. And I think that that's exactly what Jesus is doing in this text. Jesus is approaching his known death. He knows it's coming. He knows he will be departing. And here in these words, he's giving his disciples, I think, two very valuable gifts. What are they? Number one is comfort. And number two is compassion. Uh, Excuse me, companionship. So the first is comfort. The second is companionship. Jesus says in this text, I want you, I am leaving you, and you will receive peace. In the Old Testament, the word is shalom, the shalom of God, the peace, the gift of God, which truly means wholeness. It means well-being. It means good life. And here at the end of Jesus' life, he is giving his disciples the shalom, the peace. That's what he wants for them, and I would say that's what he wants for us. He wants us to live a life where we are connected to him and to others. And in that companionship and in that comfort, we will receive blessings. Jesus, Jesus's way is comfort. Jesus's way is peace. Jesus's way is wholeness. Jesus's way is well-being. Jesus's way is the good life. But, sadly... Sometimes we allow the world and its influences and our other things to get in the way of experiencing the true comfort or peace of Jesus. And we begin to operate not in the Jesus way, but in the world's way. And what is that? Well, that's also some C's. Where Jesus offers comfort, the world directs us to complaints. We complain about life. We complain about our situation. We complain, we complain, we complain. You ever been around anybody like that? You ever been around somebody that (laughs) everything out of their mouth seemed to be negative? It's draining, isn't it? But it's also draining for those of us who are complaining. Because there's wasted energy in that. And truly, it doesn't do as much good, does it? But the world's way would tell us, complain enough, whine enough, and whine and whine and whine, and you just might get your way. Reminds me of the little child who throws a temper tantrum. Wow, 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 until the parent gives in. Well, sometimes I think as adults, we want to wow, wow, wow until others give in to us, or perhaps we can get God to give in to us. So we complain about our situation. Trying to get sympathy Trying to get encouragement Trying to get people to agree with us perhaps Instead of taking comfort That God Is in the midst of it with us He knows what's going on And he's there to strengthen us But what another way that the world responds With comparison you ever been guilty of that? Well, you know, my life would be a lot better if I had it as good as blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, I wish that I was blessed like so-and-so. Or I wish I had all the opportunities that they've had. Or I wish, I wish, you know, we compare ourselves to others. We do that in life. We do that in faith. We do that in our spirituality. We do that in business. We do that with our kids we do that with our spouses. Oh man, his spouse is so much better than mine or her husband is so loving and mine is so distant or we compare, we compare, we compare and you know what comparison does? Nothing positive. At the at the most positive, it might give us a little incentive to improve our situations or to try to make our lives a little better, but in most cases comparison Is a very negative thing and it leads to nothing. It leads to no success at all. For each of our walks, each of our roads, each of our lives are different. And for that, we need to be thankful and we need to operate within that. So get off the comparison wagon. The third C we have contempt for others. And that sort of goes back into the complaining or the comparison when we compare to others. But we often have contempt for others who, you know, maybe aren't doing what we want them to do. Maybe we expect others, you know, I really think they should be doing this. Or if they love me, they would do this. Or if, you know, they were a good person, they would do this. Or if they cared about the situation, they would do this. Or if they really thought I was something special to them, they would do this. We have all these expectations of other people and even God. And when other people don't fulfill our expectations, we can begin to be full of contempt for them. We can begin to judge them. We can begin to feel bad about them and our relationship. And it begins to fester up in us angst and anger and frustration, just the opposite of the Jesus way which is comfort, which is shalom, peace, peace I give you, peace I leave with you. That's Jesus. That's Jesus' departing words of encouragement and love. So he offers them that, he gives them that, and subsequently, I think, us. But he also gives them another very important gift, and is the gift of companionship. Many times in our life, when things go wrong or things get out of control or or whatever, we begin, I don't know, there is this natural inclination to isolate, to move away, to shun others, to begin to cocoon ourselves in our misery or our frustrations or our pains, that's a very natural process, and probably all of us have been guilty of that a time or two. But Jesus says, speaking directly to these disciples, who will soon bear witness to his crucifixion, who will be part of this, this scenario, this drama played out in front of them, where they see this one whom they walk with, this one whom they have all this love for, Dying on a cross, Jesus knows what's coming. He knows that they are going to be filled with anguish. He knows that they're going to be upset. He knows that they're going to be frightened. He knows even that they're going to isolate to some degree, partly out of fear. But he wants them to have comfort and companionship. So, in addition to that comfort, he wants them to have the companionship of others. Which is important, by the way. The worst thing that we can do when we're hurting or when we're suffering is to isolate from the well being and the ministry and the care and the love and the support of other people who can pour into us and help us in our lives. I can't say that too often, nor enough. But Jesus also gives us the companionship that's even greater than that. Because in this text, he says, When I depart, you will receive the Holy Spirit of God. And we know if we read the book of Acts That the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples In the other room And the presence of God was manifested in the Holy Spirit And from that point on The Holy Spirit, the very presence Of God Almighty Was with them The triune triune God The fullness of God Was with them For companionship for power, for encouragement, for direction, for help. And here's the thing. That's available for us too. I firmly believe and have for most of my life that we have the presence of God through His Holy Spirit with us. Now, we might not always tap into that fullness and that presence like we should, but I think it's there. So I ask you today, dear friend, dear fellow believer, to the person who's trying to love Jesus and follow Jesus and serve Jesus, in whatever misfit way that you have been doing it, which is totally okay. (laughs) No judgment here. Are you living the Jesus way? Are you living out the comfort, the peace, the shalom that God gives? And are you rejoicing in the companionship of the Holy Spirit of mighty God within you and with you? before you behind you i hope so because to do so is going to give us i think the best possible life okay that's my thoughts from this book of john 14 chapter verses 23 to 29 thank you for listening may god bless you